Welcome back to Ralph Pinson's podcast, where ancient wisdom meets modern man. This episode was sponsored by Fryam Mordechai. In gratitude to the creator on the occasion of the birth of his very first grandson, today's episode is the third in our Q&A series. It's uh, from Ephraim. The question he says that I... He says, I would like to ask Rob Pinson to address is a question I have struggled with and, and feel has been an obstacle to my going deeper in spiritual growth. The question issue is how to develop a personal connection and love of God. How can I develop a love of God? A God who cannot be truly known. We are taught that God is what God is not and we are taught that God is infinite and any understanding is limited of who and what God is. How can I love and connect with the unknowable? Tanya, uh, a book of the Alter Rebbe, teaches that by meditating on the greatness of God, we can develop a love for him. But this still requires a concept of who and what God is. When we stand before God in prayer, who and what am I standing before? I believe there is a creator, and I strive to have amuna, faith, but struggle to grasp who and how God orchestrates divine providence and who and what I am striving to have trust in. Okay, this is, again, this is a... Big question. It's a big question and a serious question. So, the question's really, the question that I'm hearing is that because in the, the Rambam, Maimonides' understanding, which becomes the classical understanding, is that Hashem, God, doesn't have a source of doesn't have any bodily image. And what that means, not only that Hashem doesn't have a body, that you can't anthropomorphize God, and it's all the Torah talks in the language of man, is that God doesn't have a body, therefore, on a deeper level, God doesn't have an emotion. Just like God doesn't have a hand. Because a hand is a physical thing, you also can't say God has love. If you say God has love, that's an emotion. God is anger is an emotion. God is upset is an emotion, and as if on the on the deep, deepest philosophical level of the of the pure Rambam's understanding, pure Maimonides' understanding of this, is that Hashem is infinity. God is an infinite, infinite. Rambam doesn't call that that way, but Hashem is the the Matzirishin, the, the original cause, the, the primal cause of all creation, the Mamzi, the, the original cause, and. And there's no form. There's no. There's absolutely no form. There's no form as a physical form, and there's no form as any type of mental or emotional form. So, what does it mean to love that? How do you, and how do you love infinity? It's like it's like power, or even power has like a type of form. Mm-hmm. But it's like the the the, the, the shefa, the, the flow, the, the life, the energy. What does it mean to love that? To love. So it's interesting because the Rambam himself, when he talks about when he talks about loving, and the Alter Rebbe actually uses, uses the language from the Ramam, it's, 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 it's the love to know. That's what the Ramam calls it. It's, 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 uh, the Ava, the love, is a love that I want to know more. I want to know more. So it's not a love of a thing. Mm-hmm. But, but the question that he asks is a real question because we, all, we, we talk about loving Hashem as a real emotion. And we talk about Hashem, that Hashem loves us. What does it actually mean? And how do we, how do we, and this question of, of asking, like, 
when we, when we daven, when we pray, what are we supposed to imagine standing in front of? So, the, so Chazal say you, you're standing at, like Ki'ilu in the language of the Ramah, when the Ramah writes this. He writes, Ki'ilu as if you're standing in front of the king, not It's like as if you're standing, what that would mean to stand in front of the king. So something like you're standing in front of the infinite abyss of everything. But that's, you know, who can get to that state? Maybe in some meditative, some, some deeper state. So the Ravid, the Ravid who is a classic uh, contemporary of the Rambam from Provence, um, this, when the Rambam writes that if someone says that a God has a body or an emotion is 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 a mean is an apicorius is like a heretic. The Ravid writes on this that uh, there were greater and wiser people in the Rambam that actually said that Hashem had a body. Now, not that the Ravid says that God has a body. Of course, the Ravid understands that it's not. He's saying to say that you're a heretic if you say that Hashem has a body. That you can't say because there were greater people than the Rambam that said it. So the 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 Piyasatzner Rebbe writes like this. He says that when a person is davening, this is like the first tier of this understanding. That when a person is davening, a person is praying, they can be They can like rely on the opinion of the rivet. Which means, if you want to stand and you want to be induced to a sense of standing in front of the majesty of the all, and you need to create some type of image because without an image you're just your mind is empty and i'm not saying you can't reach that place of the emptiness of the mind but let's say you're a person that's very tangible and very mushish and very uh you know something that's very visceral and very real so he says imagine a great king now a king is not such a great image today but imagine something all-powerful all-knowing and then imagine that a thousand times more and that's the way some type of tzir, some type of image that will come to you, will come to you of standing in the, in, the, in the presence of the Creator. So it's not a terrible thing to imagine. That's what, that's what it is. This license to, to, to understand that it's not it. And of course, that image should implode into, you know, you can imagine a great light or in a great powerful light, then the light should just, you know, implode into the emptiness. But if you can just hold on to that, image even for a second that's not a bad thing to daven with that certainly to start off that way to start off that way to like enter the daven to really to induce yourself into a correct state is you know energy light a bush like you know a, a flame whatever it is whatever the image comes to you you can have that image knowing that the image is not it that you have to get beyond that but you can start with that image um and then the question becomes, which is the second and more important issue over here is, what does it mean to love? So what does it mean to love? But I think people mistake love for something that's not really love. Um, love is a very cheap word. It's a very cheap word. Sometimes, you know, a person says he loves pizza and he loves his son. I mean, you use the exact same word. For you yeah. know, for a hot dog and for for your child, I love I love hot dogs and I love my child. I mean, <laughs> like there's no error, there's no there's no comparison. So I think the word love is is sometimes love means like, 
love means it tastes good, it feels good. Like that's, that's a lot of levels of love. But the oimek, the real depth of what love is, what is love really? Love is the, the making of space for the other to be and ex- to be and to flower and to exist, or to ex- to be to exist and to fl- and to, to flourish. That's what love is. Love is when a person holds someone's space that allows them to be. When you say, "I love my child." Yes, I love my child. I'll protect my child. I'll, I'll hold my child up. But what you what the love means is I'm I'm holding their story. I'm holding their life. I'm, I'm their container, right? That allows them for them to become the person that I want them to become, or they should become. You know, that's why a person can like, you know, you can have a child, and you're doing all the right things, like you know, you're 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 pampering them and you're feeding them and you're putting, but you're not really loving them. You're like doing all these acts, but what a child really needs, or any relationship really, is for the other person to hold their space. When a person's in a loving relationship, what does it actually love mean? Love means that there's a there's a person in the world that holds you, that you can, that allows you to be you. And only that person knows that person, that you. That's, there's a person of you, there's like, there's the performing you. There's like, you know, the projected you that you present to the world. And some people love you too, so you can present your true you. And then there's the one person in the world you can actually present your true you, which is the person that you, that, that, that you trust, that loves you, which is hopefully as a parent, a child, is, is, that, is that the person will never not like you or dismiss you because something that you said or did, because they're holding the, your whole story. Mm-hmm. So love is the is the is the capacity to hold another person's story, to hold a person's life, and to allow the person to become and to flower and to and to and to to really flourish. Mm-hmm. That's what the emotion of love is. So when you take this to understand what what the oimik, what the idea, the depth, what idea of love is, and it's not like like is a different thing. Love and like are very different emotion. Um, and when you understand that, you say, what does it mean that Hashem loves us? That Hashem's love. Hashem's love means Hashem is the infinite makam, the infinite space that gives tenly makam, that, that gives us a space. This is what Hashem actually tells Moshe Rabbeinu, that uh, Hashem tells Moshe on the, on the, on the mountain that, uh, that I, makam iti, there's, there's, a, there's a makam with me, there's a space within me that I allow you to be. Come on top of the mountain. There's a space that I carved out for you, for you, Moshe, to be. Because he's overwhelmed in this experience and this, you know, this numinous, uh, expansive experience of, 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 of the everything, of the experience of Sinai. And Hashem's saying, but I carved out a space for you. And that's really what, what Hashem's love for us means. That Hashem is the, the space, the place of all spaces that carves out our space in the world. That gives us a makam. That gives us a place. Now that's what it means to give someone love. To give a person that space. And when we talk about Hashem's, if we reciprocate that, what that means is, if we feel that our our space that we allow us to be is in the the ultimate space, the container of all space, then what it means to love Hashem in in this analogy is, we want to do that to God as well. We want to do that to Hashem. Now, of course, how? how? But this is what this is what we're saying. We, we, I want I want to make space for you to be through me. 
I know that you can be you. Hashem's presence in this world can be revealed in this world through using me, my talents, my, 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 my capacities, my intelligence, my, to create something. You know, the Rambam in Pirish Mishnayis, in, in his commentary on Mishnayis, Chagiga says that Achil Hashem, to desecrate Hashem's name, is to not, not use your intelligence correctly. By contrary, Akidosh Hashem, he doesn't say that, but that's obviously the opposite of that. Akidosh Hashem, to sanctify Hashem's name, means to be you, to use your intelligence correctly. What it means to love Hashem is to allow the presence of Hashem to flow through us. That it's not just, I want my life to be better, I want my life to be, I want a healthy life, I want a good life, I want physically my life to work out, spiritually my life to work out, my life with my parents, my children, my, my family, and Parnassah, and Chayat, everything, livelihood and, and, and health. I want everything to work out in this world. Okay, and Hashem also wants something. Hashem wants you to be the instrument through all those things that you want to bring my, His presence into this world. So the love of Hashem is, I want to be that space. I want to be that container that holds your space, that allows it to come through me. That's when a person's like in love with Hashem. What do you mean that you're in love with Hashem? I'm in love with the, the vision, the, 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 the scope of what Hashem wants from this world. And I want it to come through me. And I allow it to come through me. I'm not just thinking about my small little narrative, my small little story, how I can gain, I can gain. But there's a bigger picture. I want that to come through me. That's, the, that's reciprocating real love. To, so so the, the, the initial thing is to feel it, to truly feel it, to experience it. And I think even when you talk about Hashem as infinity, that's, it still works. I mean, it's still part of that same, same paradigm. It's infinite, infinite power gave space for me. This is what Alter really writes in Tanya. When he talks about the, that Hashem is from all infinite and direct, what it really means is from the infinite amount of, of the infinite being created me, me, finite me, and allows me to be, gave me the space to become me. And I want to return that favor because I'm so in love with, with, with how I'm becoming because of that space that was allowed for me that I want to return that favor, as it were, and allow Hashem to come through me. And that would be love. Tremendous, uh, not quite uh, the type of love that we we uh, are told about. So the, the first level, you can do that first type of love. In the level of 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 the, of the, the rivet, you can do that love. I love Hashem. Hashem loves me. Okay, that's all. But it sounds like even that is a, is a means yes, to, to something means. higher, where of we course. shed the image to reach. Of course, we have to live. You know, we can we can. But you're you're avani. When a person says I'm like I'm infatuated with Hashem's love, I'm infatuated with Hashem's vision. Like I, I, what do I want? Like what do I really want in this world? I want the whole world to be elevated. I hold the whole world that Hashem's presence should be revealed. I want my what my lover wants, but the love that I got, my lover wants. That's the lover. My lover gave me all this to be. I want Hashem to be through me. And by the way, I just want to say very honestly, just to end up this, this little... Sometimes you don't always function from, the, from that pure Rambam's, you know. Sometimes it's just love. It's just love. 
and it's also it's also fine. Sometimes it's just like the very simple level of love, the way you love a child, you love a child, that's fine. That also seems profound. I agree. Because it's uh, just inherent. It's inherent. There's a love that a parent loves a child, a child loves a parent. It's an inherent love, and it feels good, and it just feels like, I just love Hashem. Like, very simple. I'm just giving, like, the, the extreme. Yeah, but, yeah, but if I you're, guess, like, but stuck in this... the question is when, when that's not coming naturally, Correct. What, what do we do to pursue so it? So that's what I'm saying, because I think the que- inherently within the question is that I'm trying to live with understanding of our college Baruch that of Hashem in its most highest state as infinity, and that doesn't work with, like, my little little love that I'm having with Hashem. Hmm. It's like, if you're there, then that's that love. But if you're here, love is love. Love is, I love my children, I love God, I love everything. Fine. It works. Your father? Yeah, I think I, yeah. I think I hear. Thank you. I think we, we have time for one more question. Okay. We have a question from Sarah. How do you cultivate authenticity and care less of what others think of you? It's a very good question, an important question. How do you cultivate authenticity and care less about other people? Yeah, everybody talks about this word. Everybody wants to be authentic. Yeah, I agree. Everyone wants to be authentic. They want to be real, but they care the whole day, but they care about other people. Right. So, you know the idea of Ishtavas, which actually we talked about a little last week, about equanimity. But I think the, the way to cultivate that, this, like authentic being real and not really caring about other people is you can't start with the negative like people tell negative things about you and you're like I want to be bigger than that I don't want to be pulled down by other persons like you know negative comment against me I'm a musician and the guy says you're a terrible musician I don't want to feel bad (laughs) okay I agree you shouldn't and you should be authentic, and that's why you should work on yourself. But the way to work on it is actually to do the flip, to do the flip side. Stop taking compliments seriously. Hmm. Do it on the, do, do, don't only try to make it work in things that are actually hurting you, that's making you uncomfortable. Oh, I would like to really be authentic, but these people are putting me down, I really feel... Okay, but sometimes when the people are complimenting you, you feel really great about yourself. Okay, so work on that. Work on... When a person says something nice about you, it should matter. Not that the person doesn't matter. We spoke about this last week. Not that the person doesn't matter. The person think really means it and, and, and you know, nice and thank you. But it doesn't matter to you. Like reframe it in a second and say, it actually doesn't, what other person says positive things about me actually don't affect me. And you can try it. It's like, it's like practice. The person says something and see, like, do I get happy about it? And like, why am I getting happy? Because that person thinks I'm a good person. I'm good anyways. The more you practice from the positive, which is a sign which you really want. You want people the whole day to compliment you. And the more you practice that compliments don't mean anything, the more you're able to practice the opposite as well. And you become more authentic. I'll tell you a story with, with um, that there was, a, there was a certain disciple that came to Armando Lukotsky. So it's kind of a long story, but the story is very important. And he told him that his Rebbe, he didn't say who was, his master was a very holy person and he was a very humble person. He reached a very, so mental said, tell me a story about him, how humble he was. He says, I'll tell you, he was so humble that every time he used to come to, when his father passed away, the custom was in the old country 
that when a teacher used to come, Rabbi used to come to the city, they would unhinge the horse from the wagon, and they would carry the wagon on their shoulder, they would carry it in. And this new teacher, this new Rebbe, he was a very humble person. So every time he came to the city, he would jump out of the wagon, and he would carry the wagon himself also. No one knew how he looked, right? There was no pictures. So he carried the wagon, he walked into the city carrying the wagon, because he said they're, represent, they're carrying not the person in the wagon. They're carrying what the wagon represents. It represents the dynasty of my father, my grandfather. And he said, Remendel, this, this disciple told Remendel that one time he was deeply engrossed in something, and the time he turned around, he realized that he's already been carried by people into the city off the wagon. He said he became so disturbed by the honor that was given to him that he threw up. He was like disgusted by this. He was so humble. And Remendel looks at this guy and says, Nebach made the sense. He says it's a pity on the guy, he takes it seriously. <laughs> In other words, yes, he's disturbed by honor, by the accolades and the person saying that you're such a great person, but you take it seriously enough to throw up. Mm. In other words, if you don't take it seriously, so say, either, either you can way. say, I am the greatest person alive. So maybe, I don't care, that's what you think. You can think it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't touch me. It's not, it doesn't do with me. The moment you say someone says, by the way, you're the greatest musician alive. And the reason why you believe it is because the other person said it. Then you're then it's you're in a trap. It's not real. It's not authentic. If you believe you're the greatest musician alive, which you should, every person should believe they're the greatest thing in their in their way of doing it. In their way, particular way, they're the greatest thing. But if it's dependent on another person to be it, then you're not being authentic. Because if a person can pick you up, it can pull you down. But if a person can't pick you up, you can't pull you down. Hmm. So I think working on that was is a way to get out of this little trap. Thank you very much, Rob. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Rob Pinson's podcast. To submit questions or to sponsor a future episode, please email Pinson Podcast at gmail.com. The link is in the description below. Thank you.